Hi, Royals fans. This is J.J. Piccolo. The University of Kansas Health System is the official health care provider of the Kansas City Royals. And gone! Trust the same experts who make the right call for the Royals and go to kansashealthsystem.com slash royals. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We had up until 2 o'clock. We will uh, talk with Adam Teicher coming up at noon. Mick Schaefer, KSHB 41 Sports Director, will join us in the 1 o'clock hour. He was there at the parade at Union Station. When everything was taking place, he was on the air live. There's video out there of um, of him on the set when everything is happening and um, you know talking through as, well, we think there might be an incident. Uh, so um, definitely want to get Mick Schaefer's thoughts on this as someone who was on the air, following it, covering it, and someone who is a Kansas Cityan and just simply a person. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Kent Swanson, KC Sports Network, KC Laboratory Podcast. Uh, Kent, uh, welcome into the show. I would ask how you doing, but I'm uh, I'm assuming it's sort of the uh, the same as uh, most of us are doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still processing everything, you know, it's been such a whirlwind 24 hours and, you know, the highs and the lows, it's just been, it's been so much to try to process. Uh, I do want to start by saying I love you both. Uh, feels like this was at a time where you just make sure, you know, you guys know, and I, I think, I think we should all be doing a little bit more of that today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I do love both of you, so. Right back at you, bud. Love you and um, me love, as well, Kent. Love uh, you, yes, buddy. Um, definitely, uh, love you being a part of the show and uh, just uh, love you in general. So uh, we we appreciate that, and you're absolutely right. It is uh, definitely a time for that. I woke up this morning, and the only thing I wanted to do was just hug my family um, mm-hmm. and and hold them and and not go to work, quite frankly, and just uh, stay home and keep them home and keep them safe and wrap them in a huge uh, bubble. And um, and keep them there forever. Uh, I also know that is uh, that is not reality. Kent, um, I'm curious of your perspective of yesterday. I gave my thoughts as we started the show at 10 o'clock and uh, sort of talked through it uh, in real time. Um, did not expect to get as emotional as I did, um, but also processing it as everybody else is. But I'm curious of your perspective yesterday. Where were you? How did you uh, sort of um, live through all of the things that were happening in in real time? Yeah, so I, I didn't go. Uh, I didn't go. I was I was at home with my family uh, watching it. Um, I've got a I've got a seven year old and I got a two year old, and uh, obviously just the initial shock of everything going on, and then just processing it and watching it for the next three hours. Um, it was kind of it, it was you know a little bit you know surreal and a little bit weird watching you know my two year old just kind of run around acting like, you know, nothing's going on because they don't have any clue. Right. And it just continued to remind me of, this is continue to remind me of those, you know, there's so many kids out there that were there. And I know there's, there's victims of, of the, you know, of gunshot wounds and there's some of those victims, but there's so many other kids that had to experience that and had to witness that. And not to diminish the ones that actually endured physical harm, but there's so many kids out there that had to experience something that they're probably never going to forget the rest of their life, you know. And there's, there's, in some ways, there's more, there's so many more victims of what happened beyond just those kids that were harmed. And, and not again, not to diminish that, but I just, I, 
that's what in, so many so many children that are, are gonna and, and, and adults too so yeah. people I care about are, are gonna have to endure you know what they experience and the, the looks on the faces and the chaos that ensued they're gonna live with that the rest of their life and that's just that's so hard yes uh, I mean my son did not see anything uh, we were down at the parade I have an eight-year-old we were down at the parade, and, and um, you know, we were located just south of 20th Street. We were in the Western Auto Lofts, and so when, when we left the uh, the lofts, we were walking north. So we were walking opposite of where all of the uh, the police were heading, all the law enforcement were, were heading in the other direction, and, and something certainly felt abnormal. Uh, I didn't think anything of it, and my son was like, wow, look at all these uh, police cars, and they're going so fast, and people were videoing it and everything. It, uh, I knew something was abnormal at that point, but processing it and, and watching my son try to process it, you know, last night is when is the first time that I saw like real fear on his face, right? Um, yeah. As maybe he's going through it and, and watching it. But then last night, like I could tell like how scared he was. And one of my biggest fears in in life, and, and boy, there's a lot of those, especially with children, right? We've all been through the anxiety that 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 overtakes us and overwhelms us at times with our children is you know, as he gets older, you know, that innocence being lost, the innocence of children, which is uh, so um, refreshing to see how they live life, how they go through life and just sort of whimsically uh, taking in the day. And and there was a lot of innocence lost yesterday, a lot of innocence lost from children there. And especially when you hear uh, age ranges at Children's Mercy with last night's uh, press conference of ages six to 15 that uh, suffered gunshot wounds like that, 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 you know, one of the things I said, Kent, earlier in the show was, you know, they've said that the kids will make a full recovery. I don't think that's possible. That's uh, that's a physical right. full recovery. Physically, there's no way there's a full recovery from this because there's no way to go back before this happened and reinstall what life was like and how they viewed life and any of the kids that were there and saw the running and the panic and the and the fear and the crying and people that were in Union Station and all of that. There's no way to go back and then um, uh, restitch and and, um, and 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 somehow find a way to uh, to rebuild what was fractured like uh, that. That's the, those cracks, those fissures and scars will be there for forever. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing that's just so it's heartbreaking is that, you know, you're, I mean, you said your child wasn't even close, close, you know, necessarily close to what was going on. And, and here we are, we're going to, we're going to have kids that, you know, just had to, you know, just even learn about what happened. You know, my mm-hmm. kid learned about what happened. He didn't even watch much of the coverage, but he knows what happens. And there's some level of, you know, there's conversations that have to be had with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's so many kids that this touched, especially something that is so at the core of childhood with sports. You know, something that, you know, that, all, you know, so many kids just, you know, gravitate towards it's, it's something very important to them, you know, and something that helps us teach kids civic pride from something, something that it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a crucial day for our city. You know, and now it's just been such a, it's going to be painted. And honestly, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be painted forever. The Chiefs, three Pete, no one's going to look at that moment the same. Mm -hmm. There's something that's been removed from everybody when it comes to the joy of winning a title. There's going to be 
a reminder of something horrific that happened associated with this. And not just for us. I mean, it's for, it's, it's for people that were there. It's for people that, you know, watched it unfold on TV, probably for the, for the organization too. You know, I'm sure players are getting, I mean, players were having to respond to the tragedy too. And, you know, it's, I think something's been just, you talked about, you know, some innocence being removed, right? And a little bit of innocence got removed from everyone in, involved, even, I think, even the players. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, from, from just the perspective of enjoying life, watching a parade, and and just simply being present in how much joy that is brought to the city and the civic pride that's there that obviously turned tragic because of people who do not value other people's lives, that do not value whether it's their own life or don't have the uh, capacity, whether that be mentally or empathetically, to value somebody else's life and not just see them as some other object, but know that there are family members, there are uh, parents and friends, there's an entire life lived uh, and experiences of this particular person that's walking around, and to be so cavalier with that is um it is something that i will never be able to grasp of uh, the evil that that exists in some people and um mm-hmm. the way that they sort of the way that they will not and maybe cannot view other people as a living human being and understand what even their perspective may be and well, what, uh, go ahead well and I just wanted to add to that because, you know, you're so, it's so true with everything you're saying. And I want to, I want to be very careful when I say this because I do not want to diminish any actions that have been, um, that, that have occurred. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that is heartbreaking to me on top of everything that we've talked through here, one of the, one of the other heartbreaking pieces of this is that two of the suspects are juveniles. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, some innocence being removed from, you know, so many people and, and the consequences of those actions will be dire. But those are two children that have been failed too, that had probably a lot removed from them too. And I'm heartbroken for, you know, that it was two juveniles too that, that, you know, committed this, this awful, awful, awful atrocity. It's just, I, that's, a, that's another piece of this that just broke my heart when I read that, too, because, man, I mean, those are kids, man, and I don't want to, again, I don't want to diminish anything mm-hmm. that they did, but that's just, that's so equally heartbreaking that two kids were driven to that as well. No, it's it's true. I mean, there's so many different heartbreaking and parts of this, and I I'll tell you this, man. My my emotions have uh, just uh, uh, spanned the in, the entire gamut of of yesterday, and that you know, and I'm I'm still going through the anger and mad and sad and hurt and pissed and and frustrated and all of the things that people have been sort of grappling with by the minute of uh, of yesterday and uh, hearing Mayor Quentin Lucas say no there will be a parade there, the St. Patrick's Day parade there will be a parade um because i mean you don't want this to be where then nobody wants to leave the house everybody just you stay inside and you become a recluse because of being afraid of being at the wrong place at the wrong time like you still have to try to live your life and like in, in a month you know, in March of last year is when, you know, we took our family to, to Disney World. I have no idea what Disney World would be like 
if we were going a month from now and wh- how my kids would be able to process large groups of people walking around mm-hmm. knowing what just took place right now. Like when's the, le- when's the next mm-hmm. time those that were there at Union Station will be around a large group of people again? I have no idea, and I don't know how soon I would want to be. So. Yeah, man, I, I, it's just, I, I, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. And, I, I, you, know, and, you know, like time, time will obviously heal some of this, but there's always going to be something associated with this for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And yep. that's why I just said there's, like, there's so many people that are, are not going to look at some of these things the same, and that's just, that's just so sad. It's, it's awful. We acknowledge that um, sports seems incredibly inconsequential. In fact, last night, I mean, I've been looking forward to all the mic'd up stuff. And last night, I didn't watch the turning point. I didn't watch the things that come out. And I, I, I watched on Tuesday night the uh, the inside the NFL mic'd up. I watched that. Um, but but last night, more of the mic'd up and the uh, turning point and things like that. I, I didn't uh, I, I didn't watch any of that stuff. Um, in fact, I was so emotionally drained. I think I fell asleep at like eight forty five, and I'm somebody that usually goes to sleep around eleven. Uh, but uh, that just wasn't happening last night. So acknowledging the inconsequential nature of sports, um, uh, we also offer an outlet from time to time from those in real life. So I do want to get your thoughts on. Uh, a couple of things. We know the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. They are back-to-back champions. There is no debating if it's a dynasty. Honestly, one of the bigger storylines that would have come from the parade if it wasn't for what took place mere minutes after Chris Jones said, people that want Chris Jones gone too bad, I'm going to be here next year and the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. Uh, I mean, was that the alcohol talking? Was that the emotions of the moment talking? Or do you think Chris Jones is really willing to meet the Chiefs at their number so that he can remain in Kansas City? I mean, I, I think that still remains the question, right? Because I do think, and I, I think I said this you know, a couple of days ago, I genuinely think Chris Jones wants to be here in Kansas City. And it's just a matter of if his agents are going to allow it or if it's going to come into a reasonable range that this could actually occur. Um, I just, I think what, what I am so fascinated by is I don't know what Chris Jones market's going to be. And not to say that there isn't a market, but I'm just, I don't know if the expectations of his age, you know, his group, you know, are, are actually going to, I don't know if they have a realistic yeah, reason, on the yeah. market. That's the word I was thinking of. Realistic and reasonable were the two words that came to mind. Yeah. I, said, I don't I don't know that they have a realistic or reasonable uh, understanding of what the market should be for Chris Jones. And that's their job. And I mean, candidly, I think they deserve every bit of criticism that they've received over the last 12 months because Chris Jones held out and really didn't make any more money. I mean, he didn't really put himself in a great situation and held out and missed the game and all that stuff. So, um, I think it, it's really hard to, to pin down whether or not this is actually going to get done because I don't think we're dealing with a situation that is as cut and dry as it is with other different players. There's nuance to this, and it really falls on whether or not this group of agents is going to do a good job for Chris Jones and help Chris Jones do what he wants. Uh I do think this sentiment from Chris is real, though. I just, I genuinely believe he very badly wants to be back, very badly mm-hmm. wants to be a chief. And whether or not that does, I don't even know entirely falls on him. Yeah. Um, I mean, in theory, it should fall on him because the agents work for him. 
but I do understand. But there is also the part of it, maybe the NFLPA saying, now you, you can't accept less than this. Like, come on, you're you're helping set the market for some of these other guys that are out there. And um, you know, I just the the I do wonder, like, is there a world, Kent, where the Chiefs find a way to bring back Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed? Yeah, I do. I, I genuinely think that there is a way. And I, I think the Chiefs have been on the lower side of the cash spending in recent years. Um, didn't, I don't think they spent a ton of money. You know, it didn't seem like they had a ton of cash spending last year. So they might have, you know, a reserve to be able to be a little bit more aggressive in that regard. Um, you could sign Chris Jones to an extension, have a, a lower year one number and, Tag Jerry Sneed, for instance. I think, you know, for 2024, I think there's realistic scenarios where both of those guys, you know, wind up Chiefs. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I could see the Chiefs trying to go with a three year deal for Jerry Sneed, too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think, um, I think at least for 2024, there's a very realistic scenario where both of them are, are back. I'm more, and, and I say realistic, I'm a lot more optimistic about Chris Jones returning than I ever have. And, you know, Silverman stops or, you know, whatever. Uh, he, you could tell the emotion around being a chief. And I think watching him cry before every playoff game, knowing, I, I, I'm assuming knowing it could be his last, I think there's, there's something there. So I, I, I do think I'm more optimistic that this could happen than I ever have been. Yeah, that sounded somebody who was pretty serious about, I'm not going anywhere. And, and at that point, it would be, not literally, but figuratively, put your money where your mouth is, um, and maybe taking money uh, away from where your mouth is uh, in order to sign the contract that it may take to be a Kansas City Chief moving forward. Uh, I, I, I'll be fascinated to see what the market is like. You know, one month from now when free agency opens up, which is, I mean, the Chiefs play so long into the season every year, Kent, that the immediacy of the season being over and then saying, well, you know. Less than two weeks is the combine. Literally, next week is the week off. Today we're talking. This week we're talking Super Bowl, and today we're talking other things. But next week w- will not be an event for the NFL, and the week after that will be the combine, and then March fifth will be the uh, franchise tag deadline, and then we'll be on into you know uh, uh, nine days after that will be the league year uh, that'll happen. So I don't know what the market will be like for uh, for Chris Jones, but. He certainly sounded like he was intent on uh, on returning. Um, what the I did enjoy was it your tweet that said because um, I think the story coming out of the rally would also be Travis Kelsey um, and um, the the fun he had uh, during the parade. <laughs> um, was it your tweet that said uh, Travis Kelsey yells to the crowd, "Sing along if you know the song," and then takes his phone out to read the lyrics because he didn't know the song. <laughs> yeah, he had. I, I thought that was one of the funniest moments ever. Like he's like, and he, there's no, there's no rhythm at all to it, <laughs> and know. you hear the, you hear the, the, the PA trying to to put the song on. Like they switch the songs, he tells them to shut it off, and then they try to put friends in low places on it. It was right. just like a discombobulated mess, and nobody cared. I think the other thing is like Patrick Mahomes is like doing everything he can to hold both Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones onto the stage. So many people are just like holding them back to keep them from falling off. I mean, Travis, like, you know what I mean? The, the Travis moment is that there wasn't a Travis moment because Travis was too deep into a bottle of Don Julio. That's, that's true. 
That's uh, I really wish he would have got through that song uh, and the lyrics that I don't know. Did, did he and Taylor sit down and write the lyrics together? Um, you know, uh, did they practice it together? Was it uh, supposed to be a duet? Like, I don't know what the, some of the details are from that. But I'll tell you this. If, if they have children, um, the musical talents would be coming from her. Uh, <laughs> if they ever have offspring, uh, the uh, the athletic talent certainly from uh, the Kelsey side. But if there's any musical ambitious, <laughs> you know, children, it would be from the uh, Swift side of uh, of that family. Last one for you, uh, Kent. As uh, we head on into the off season, what do you find to be a bigger priority for this team? Bringing back the key members of the defense, whether it be Jones or Snead or both, or addressing first and foremost the skill position player uh, players on offense? I think it's the defensive side of the ball. And I know that sounds crazy for us hammering receiver and talking about receiver and spending an entire summer last year talking about receiver. Like that was the big storyline, I think, for everyone covering this team. Um, and, yes, it was still a problem. It absolutely was still a problem, and it made things a little bit more difficult than it needed to be. Um, but – I do like the outlook of this team being able to acquire a difference maker in the draft at the receiver position. Um, and I think the idea of holding, keeping that defense together as best as you possibly can to pair with an improved offense. And I, I don't think the, I don't think the group was, I don't think, was, I don't think the offense was too far off. I think they needed a little bit more. And if they had a little bit more, a lot would change. So if that's the case, you keep everything together on defense, have one of the best defenses in the football, and you give Patrick Mahomes just a little bit more to be able to kind of to do his thing. I think this is. I think this could be one of the best teams in in, in Chiefs history. I genuinely believe that. I think the team that wins that could achieve the three P is going to be better than this version of this mm-hmm. team, and maybe even last year's. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what's encouraging about next year is that this was last year was a rebuilding year. This year was a down year. Uh, hopefully next year is a, well, they're the best team in the NFL year, and, and we'll find out. It doesn't mean they'll win it because 2020 they were the best team in the NFL, and uh, they had injuries ravaged that offensive line and too much to overcome in the Super Bowl, but um, we'll see. Uh, Kent Swanson, KC Sports Network, KC uh, uh, Laboratory Podcast. Kent, thank you for the time and your perspective as well and uh, joining us a little bit on uh, this uh, difficult day and, uh, and even for five minutes giving us a break and talking some sports. Thank you. Yep, anytime, my friend. Right, there's uh, Kent Swanson, KC Sports Network, KC Laboratory Podcast. Um, I meant to bring up the, uh, the pre-order for the uh, draft guide uh, that is out there, which I'll let you know now, <laughs> which is a resource that to me is invaluable. Uh, I love the uh, KCSN draft guide. We use it uh, all the time. Um, and so um, that uh, pre-order, I believe, is uh, out there. And then eventually that draft guide will uh, be released and it'll be uh, you know something that we'll be looking at and uh, talking about as uh, draft day arrives. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll continue rolling. Adam Teicher will be our guest coming up at noon. Uh, we'll talk about his perspective, and we will also have a break from the news of the day and um, the tragic events of yesterday and talk some sports with uh, with Adam Teicher. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Todd Lebo hangs out with us for a little bit. More Zone next. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you to uh, Kent Swanson joining us in the uh, previous segment. We'll talk with Adam Teicher coming up at noon. And then Mick Schaefer will join us in the 1 o'clock hour. Um, as um, Typically on a Friday we talk with Mick, but we will be talking with Mick today 
at uh, at one o'clock and uh, getting his thoughts and perspective on what took place yesterday. Uh, the man who joins us here in studio right now is somebody that you probably heard a couple of times on the station with uh, his perspective of what took place. I will tell you, Todd, that, boy, one of the maybe most difficult things that can uh, happen in, in our particular profession is what Seren and Curtis and Adam and you were going through and doing on the air in real time to try to put out the information as best you can to try to make sure that information you're disseminating is actually true, um, all while still stuff. holding yeah. a conversation about what's taken place while not knowing all the information. That is not easy to do, and I thought you guys, the four of you and whoever else involved, handled it as brilliantly as you can. It was incredibly difficult, but I, I didn't turn it off uh, because, you know, I wanted to know what's going on, and you guys, you know, your perspective, his perspective, was, Curtis's, Adam's. Obviously a devastatingly tragic day in Kansas City that, I mean, literally turned in seconds from a crazy party I mean, where you guys were broadcasting yeah. over at 21st just Street. The, yeah, about 21st because it was just south of 20th. and uh, 21st in, in, in Grand with yeah. the parade going by. And, you know, Bethany and I had spent our time across the street, uh, you know, up 15th. And grand, mm-hmm. and people were having so much fun. A wonderful day, and you know the parade was slow moving enough that once the parade passed us at Fifteenth and Grand, we walked all the way to Union Station. Yeah, the back roads, you know, up around the Broadway Bridge mm-hmm. and everything, and we still got to the to the to the media riser before the final buses got there. Because people were having so much fun. Yeah. The players were having so much fun. They were jumping off the bus and hanging out and drinking and partying and throwing footballs and beads and everything. It was just really a joyous thing. And it really was, you know, a nice day. The other Chiefs parades, the weather had been much colder. Not nearly as much fun for the fans there. They all had fun, but not yeah. like yesterday. I mean, it was players running around shirtless yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing that last year or four years ago. So it was really one of those kind of odd days, and I'm interested to talk to Mick. Mick and I was texting Mick during the the event yeah. because, you know, there was just stuff happening on stage, mm-hmm. and what I was 50 feet away from him where they were, and um, we were really, it's kind of odd. People were just oblivious unless you heard what was happening. I mean, people who were where you were, you didn't hear. no. We, Shots, you hear we saw the massive amount of police cars that didn't you know something's going down a good 10 minutes didn't stop coming down grand like i've never seen that many police cars in one on one road going that fast continuously for 10 minutes just car after car after car after i've car. spent the last you know whatever 20 hours looking and triangulating and mm-hmm. trying to figure out you know, from looking at videos, doing the stuff that the police are doing at a much higher level than I am, trying to figure out exactly who was where and what was going on. The best I can discern is, you know, that what they've said and what the the police chief and the mayor and everybody said was this stuff all happened on the west side of Union Station, somewhere in and around that Pershing area. That's the road that runs in front of Union Station and, you know, goes in front of the IRS in the Union Station parking garage, there's a thing called Liberty Lofts there, which looks to me like where the video you see people tackling was taken from mm-hmm. above that. And trying to kind of figure out where Bethany and I were walking through all of this and then talking to Anthony Sherman today, who was on the Border Patrol. And he was down there 
like boots on the ground in a law enforcement capacity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knew? And, you know, he was talking about jumping barriers and running and doing all this stuff. And it, it really was for, for I don't know why, but for some reason, myself, me personally, I was pretty calm about the whole thing. But I understand mm-hmm. why I was more calm, because if I had been 40 yards to my left in the crowd and saw people get shot, would have been a totally different thing mm-hmm. for me. But I was somewhat oblivious up in the media riser. Other than I saw some people running around, I didn't hear things. The music was really blaring. After Legeria Sneed got done, they continued playing Fight for Your Right. And then another song came on, which I can't remember what it was at this point right now, but it was noisy. Yeah. And Bethany and I were just kind of going, coming off the media riser. We walked right next to where Mick and and them were. And, you know, I went back and watched their footage. They didn't know what was going on because they had headsets on. They couldn't hear. But they could see people running around, you know, and... When we got the, – the lady wouldn't let us through the gate to go back to where our car was because that was right where there was medical attention yeah. to be given to people and and everything. And that's when I was like, all right, she said an incident. The lady didn't say a shooting. She said an incident. I said, okay. And she said we had to go in Union Station to get out. I'm like, well, they never let us in Union Station before. Right. Like, we can't go into Union Station with a media pass. The Union Station is like zone one, zone two, VIP. And then – Within 30 seconds of us being in Union Station trying to get our bearings, people came running in, crying, screaming. Now I'm like, all right, yeah, something's it's going real on. now. And they were talking about shooting and all this. And, you know, you still you still needed to kind of figure out what was going on. And this is what I said on the air yesterday. I kind of went into, like, reporter mode a little bit. I had to go find out because I needed to tell our listeners, too, because, I mean, they could be around, whatever. And when I went outside um, to ask... Then everyone came running out of Union Station because what Anthony said this morning was on the radio they heard that uh, like a like a popper or something, mm-hmm. a loud bang or something happened inside there. And Bethany said that what she heard was everyone says, they're in here. Oh, my goodness. And so, like, everyone ran out of Union Station. So the police are running in. They're all running out, and it just turned into some craziness. And this all happened within, I don't know whole thing was just a few minutes really because i had you guys got done we got we had about 40 it was like four four, after like 44 45 and we had a lot of breaks to play yeah we did we had a lot of breaks to play and i know that we get off the air and then i go and pack up my bag find everett's stuff and then we say bye to everybody we go down the elevator we get outside and as we're walking is all of a sudden we hear the police sirens so um uh, 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 Chief Graves said that uh, it was about one fifty or so, yeah. and that's what I kept seeing reports around two o'clock. I'm like, yeah, there's no that, yeah. way it was two o'clock because I wasn't walking, and and uh, I was walking well before two o'clock, and the police were already screaming down Grand, um, you know, but and 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 so it had to be well before two o'clock, and well before is a relative term, but around one fifty or so. But um, but I didn't know until I got to my car. Like, even as we're walking on the street, like, people were taking video of the police cars going. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, I, I, I want to get to my car because the the ceremony, the celebration is over. So I'd like to get to my car and go east as fast as I can to get to 71 to get away from uh, the, 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 the jumble of cars that are going to be out there. 
Um, and so I, you know, was, was was thinking about that and got to the car and turned it on. And then that's when I heard Sarin say, I don't even remember the word Sarin said, but he didn't use shooting. He uh, may have used incident or and as, as soon as I heard him start to talk in that tone. My my mind went. Oh no! Yeah. No, so oh, oh, I, I didn't even hear what he. What my he had to text say. I to knew him it. and to the guys back here was at one. Well, I'm, I'm glad now. I, I I texted my family first. So yeah. at 156, I said apparently there were some shots fired in the crowd. So 156 before that, I said I'm safe. Not sure what happened. And then um, at 158, I texted my work family. Yeah. And I said something is happening here. I'm inside Union Station right now. I'll let you know my ETA. And then like about 12 minutes later, it looks like is when I was on the air with them because we had to, I didn't know where we were, what to do and, and all that. But it it really is sad and scary and all that. And I'm, I'm so sad for uh, Lisa Lopez Galvin and her entire family. Cause it's not just her. I mean, she, she is deceased, but you know, husband, son, nieces, people involved with mm-hmm. this, they were all down there just to have fun. And the parade was over. They're walking west down Pershing. And just, it is totally uh, random on if you're standing where and if a bullet hits you in the wrong place, right place, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just absolutely heart-wrenching that this has happened to them. And then there literally could have been someone standing a foot away and nothing. You know what I mean? That's That's the way this goes. So... Everyone who is down there is going to be affected forever like this. And it seems like, like I said, and like Mick will probably tell you, he was 20 yards away and I was 25 yards away. And we just, it's totally a separate kind of different feeling on how you were. And, you know, I know they weren't ready to say goodbye at two. They were like, we're throwing this back to the studio. We got to get out of here. But by the time I got up to when I was on the air with Seren at about 15 after, I really felt safe. Yeah, that was going to be one of the things I was wondering is from the the time when people started scattering to then you feeling like, okay, I believe this is safe. How long is that? I I had read it. It was a story in the uh, Kansas City Star. It was somebody's account of that, that they were in Union Station. Then they were told to exit and go through a garage. They went to the garage. Then they were told, you've got to go. To, so then they hid in a closet, uh, one of the janitors. So they put him in a, put everybody in a closet, like 20 of them. They heard screaming and yelling. Then they finally came out. It was like 45 minutes that uh, from the ordeal from when they started running yeah. to when they walked out. And I can't imagine what those 45 minutes would be like to, to, to experience. Looking to back through. through my text, like uh, they texted, I, I think I texted back at like 2.13. I can come on right now. You know, it was mm-hmm. so for me, it was about 15 minutes. But by the time we had run out, I'd walked out of Union Station. I was out. Then everyone ran out. Yeah. And then so then we ran and we went through the parking garage. But we didn't enter the parking garage from inside Union Station. There's probably a better way to do that. You could have gone down the stairs, down by the Science City and all that. Mm-hmm. I was the people ran out the front door. Yeah. And so we just walked alongside Union Station to the garage. And we were in the garage, and that's where I talked to a couple of eyewitnesses who were in their cars who said, yeah, definitely shooting. There's blood on the ground. I mean, all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, definitely someone got shot. Definitely there was shooting, and there's people were running crazy. But then something in my mind did a little math on it. Well, here's the deal. I know there are hundreds of police officers down there, and I know that whatever has happened on that front, it's not going to happen anymore because mm-hmm. I feel like there would either be an apprehension or a yeah. end 
yeah. to what was going on. So when we walked back down and went out the bottom of the garage and had to walk back around and up the little Broadway, there's a little bit of Broadway. It's called Broadway. It doesn't connect to actual Broadway because mm-hmm. you come over the West Pinway or whatever. And we walked up there. We basically, as I look back and look at this map, we walked right by where the tackling video was. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. exactly what time. I'd like to see a timestamp on the tackling video. That's where I yeah. need to in my head, mm-hmm. see where this stuff was. But I had not seen that video yet because I was not rolling through Twitter as we were yeah. walking through this thing. And we walked past there, and I there were ambulances coming through, and I talked to a police officer, and I just told him I mean, he saw that I was with the media, I had a badge on and all this stuff, and I said, I just need to know the best way to get up the hill to where our car is. And he said, well, you can walk this way along walking – on Pershing, towards the east, back towards where I guess there were victims and bodies, yeah. along the fence in front of the IRS, and turn right when you get around. There's another loft thing there. I said, okay, we'll, we'll do that. And we walked that way, and there were so many ambulances down there. I didn't stop and try to get video and all that kind of stuff. We, we just kind of walked, and we turned right, and we walked up Kessler is the name of that road mm-hmm. for a little bit. It's a pretty good hill. And that's when I saw people running down the hill. There was someone with a medical emergency up the hill. It wasn't a shooting thing. It was just, you know, there was lots of those kind of things happening. Um, You know, people, hearts, twisting ankles, falling down, all those kind of things. So there we walked up there and that's that's where I stood. And I was on the air with Seren for the first time at about 215. And then the Drake came on because he was listening to police scanner. Yeah, I came back on and told him what I know. And then, you know, so we, we were. I was probably in my car within 45 minutes of the of the thing happening because part of me wanted to, you know, stay back down there and, and do some reporting type stuff on it. But part of me was I'm going to be in the way with some of this and, and Bethany did not want to be down there any longer. Yeah. And so it was just it was a scary, scary thing for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I wish it hadn't happened. It's terrible. It's awful. It's going to change everyone's lives. It's going to probably change the way celebrations happen. And all that, and I'm, I hope within the next two hours or so, you heard the police chief, you played this earlier about an hour ago, you know, they have a 24-hour window. You have to mm-hmm. charge someone. You can't hold them anymore. I'm guessing they will. They they got more video than we have, mm-hmm. that we've seen. There are security cameras down there on every one of those buildings, Union Station, some traffic cams, all that right. kind of stuff. They're going to have video that will give exact times. They'll show people shooting guns and all that, and they'll they'll charge these people. Mm-hmm. We've got two people three people in custody, two people who are juveniles or whatever they said that they believe are involved in this, and they'll, they'll get them charged. And then we'll, we'll have to let everything else kind of go as it were, and who knows what they'll charge them with. You know, it's, uh, But I, I'm so happy that they were able to at least detain these two people. They may not have been the only two people yeah. you know, running around. I mean, you know, it could have been anything. There was lots of reports of there was a shooting down at 27th they were mm-hmm. asking about. There was a shooting up on Maine. Unfortunately, we have shootings nearly every day in Kansas City and our area. It's mm-hmm. not just Kansas City, Missouri, but it's more there than than others, other areas. But it, it happens a lot. And it, I think what we're dealing with here is a thing where some people were shooting each other. And it just happened to not be 3 in the morning in a neighborhood. It happened to be at two in the afternoon with hundreds of thousands of people down there. Yeah, she said. The police chief said they did not think this was a 
domestic terror situation so they, or something. They believe at this point there's no connection to terrorism, that it's believed to be a dispute between individuals, and the relationship of those individuals is still under investigation. Right. So the really awful part is that these things happen anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. anywhere. But the, the tragic part is that this looks like this happened at 2 in the afternoon at yeah. a celebration where truly innocent people yeah. are in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's the part that sucks yeah. really, really badly. It's a terrible day. But let's hope the good news they have the people in custody. Let's get some answers, trials, justice, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know some people would be like, you know, wish they were dead because they killed somebody. Listen, I'm of the mindset that I would like to find out what the hell this was about, too. I don't right. want yeah. I don't want the, the reasons to die there as well. So I don't know. Yeah. It's all bad. It's very scary. I hope everyone's okay. Uh, mentally about this too. So are many you, kids I mean, down there. I, I'm you, fine. I think I, you, you know, you think, but I mean, I don't like, know. You saw some. You saw kids crying. You saw people running. Like I, I, I would imagine that's going to take some some processing. Yeah, eventually, it probably when, will. I mean, my wife wasn't very happy with me when when I told her where she thought I was over at the Western Auto Lofts when I texted <laughs> I'm safe. She didn't know till a couple hours later. I was you like, texted she, you were safe like, inside Union like, Station. What do you mean you were inside Union Station? Because she was watching the stream of yeah. it. I'm like, well, that's where we were. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. I was that, inside Union Station. I don't know what else to tell you. I thought you understood that when I told you what I was doing the next day. But, um, yeah, it was it it was it was uh, it was bad. And I think, listen, I'm I'm an older guy. I'm mm-hmm. probably more equipped to handle this than these kids today. Have literally grown up in the last 20 years really dealing with much more gun violence and things that have happened in schools and concerts and wherever than, than I've ever like had to deal with. So their, their life mm-hmm. experiences are different than mine. And there were these girls who come running in the union station and I was trying to comfort them. And, yeah, you know, this girl was like basically hyperventilating and, you know, her friend was with her trying to calm her down. I was trying to calm them. I was just like, like trying to be dad, dude. You know, yeah. and, I mean, Chiefs players, Andy Reid. Were, yeah, were so they, like, they were all in just, there. They were probably 30 yards away, but they were in the other entrance yeah. over there. So people had just poured in everywhere. I think that entrance on that side, most of the people who were in there were the people who were in already the the VIP area, I, I think, because our side was where the media would come through. And that's where the shooting had happened. So those people, they were up and over the barriers and all yeah. this stuff. But there were people all over inside. And I couldn't have been in Union Station for two minutes, three minutes before I went outside to try to find out what's going on. And then everyone came running outside. And the next thing you know, we're running down the thing to the garage. And then I got, it's, it's like I said, wagons and wheelchairs. And, and I was just like, we got to slow down here, people. We can't all, we got to, if everyone falls down, that's bad yeah. news too. Um, but yeah, it was, Terrible, and we'll see what happens. Well, I would know. say if there's somebody here at the station that's uh, best equipped to handle all of those things in real time, it would probably know. be you. Um, I'm an old man, I yeah. guess. But it, it was um, certainly really scary. And the thing that, that will stick with you is the fear in everyone's eyes. Yeah, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I can't imagine being there 30 yards away from where we were and 
seeing someone get shot right next to you. And then especially like, oh, that's my friend. That's my family. That's whatever. And then you're like, you have to run. But, oh, you know, what, yeah, what do you do back do. and forth? Awful. Yeah. Todd, thank you for the perspective. I appreciate and your work yesterday as well. Um, and everybody trying to do, you know, as much as they can to try to move forward. Let's get some charges uh, today, huh? Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, in the next couple of hours, I would have to imagine that, uh, as um, Police Chief uh, Graves said, uh, they have all intentions of bringing charges uh, before having to uh, release them. So um, we'll, we'll see if there's any news breaking with that over the next couple of hours. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, continue rolling. Adam Teicher, we'll talk with him about uh, yesterday, and we'll mix in some sports with Adam, and then Mick Schaefer will join us in the 1 o'clock hour. More Zone next.